This is a great way to start the episode, it honey. Is a Don't you think? Fantastic way to start the episode. Yeah. Hey, maniacs. Hey, maniac. That was a long one. It was. Guess what? It's Midsummer Mania. It is. It's a comedy recap podcast dedicated to the ITV series Midsummer Murders. Each week we dig into the episode of the show, include the murders, the mayhem, the loonies, and everything else we love. I'm Mark Bell. I'm Sarah Smith Robbins, and today we're talking about the last episode of season 19, season 19, episode six, The Curse of the Ninth. And if you let your kids write nine symphonies, well, good on you. Yeah. But I they think they'll take care the of podcast. you in your old age. Yeah. <laughs> if they're successful anyway. God, I can't even think about writing a single symphony. It's a, it's a lot of people to write. For. What qualifies as a symphony? How long does it have to be? It's big. Like it's not like a couple of, it's longer than an album length, right? Longer than an hour? I got to think it's, I got I should have looked that up. We should have looked it up. Sorry. It's okay. Somebody will tell us. Someone. Somebody out there who knows more than we do. Yes. We'll tell us. Which is most of the world. <laughs> <laughs> no, we do research, man. We do do research, but... Uh, you said do-do. Um, and we know, but we can't do research about everything. I forgot to look up how long a symphony is. <laughs> this is a great way to start the episode, it honey. Don't you think? a fantastic way to start the episode. Yeah. Just to let you know off the top, this is a spoiler podcast. Yeah, we well. are going to talk about who did it. So if you haven't watched Curse of the Ninth, stop now, go watch, come back. Or we'll ruin it for you. Sorry. While you're doing that, mm-hmm. I want you to look at our social media mm-hmm. and see the picture of a badger. Bernie and the badger. Bernie. I want you to print that picture out and go to your window and take a picture of you and Bernie the badger. Or just Bernie in front of some place where you live or whatever and send us the picture yes. with, with where you live. And we'll choose three of these pictures. Free swag. Free swag. We will send you a gift card for the equivalent value of one of the new Badger's Drift t-shirts. Which are awesome. And I got to say, selling like the proverbial hot cake. Because Hillary's awesome. She is indeed. It's a great picture. Yep. I think Olive now drifts like a badger when she runs around the living room. <laughs> when she does her zoom zoomies and runs around with her eyeballs like Auga, out of her head. It's got, very Badger's Drift. I got to tell you. It's starting to wear on me that we have a puppy. (laughs) (laughs) It's easier than a baby. You can't put a baby in a crate at the foot of your bed and go to sleep. (laughs) Not not get arrested for it. That is all very true. (laughs) Though I have to say, when the triplets were babies, there were times (laughs) when if I had had a cage, I might have put them just for a minute. No, no. No, I wouldn't have. They're, they're well, they're 20 now, so yes. they're really awesome. I couldn't we fit let them in them out of their cage all the time now. To, to go to school and <laughs> spend money and stuff. Anyway, print it out, take a picture, send it to us. We got one from Abu Dhabi today. Yes. It's, Abu freaking Dhabi. It's incredible. It's so fun. Yeah. We're going to put them all on a map so you can see where all your fellow maniacs yeah. are. Maybe there's another maniac Get in your those town. In. And we only have a little more than a week. Yeah. Right? What's the deadline? March the 1st? March the 1st. Tuesday, March the 1st. That's the deadline. So you got this episode and next week's episode to remind you. And then then 
You're in the matter of hours at that point in time. The clock is ticking. And then we'll pick three random submissions and get a prize. Yes, they will indeed get a prize. All right. You ready to talk about this episode? This crazy episode? Uh, Curse it's- of the Ninth, Season 19, Episode 6. UK broadcast date is the 20th of May, 2018. Filming October, November 2016. 4.98 million views directed by Matt Carter and written by Julia Gilbert, who apparently hates Montreal. <laughs> this is our last cam episode. Speaking of Montreal. Yep. She goes off to Montreal at the end of the episode, making winter very sad. I'm sure she turns into a Habs fan. <laughs> She's dead to me now. If you guys don't know this, Mark is a Maple Leafs, Toronto Maple Leafs fan, which means yes. that the Habs are his arch nemesis. I'm, I'm well aware also that we haven't won a Stanley Cup in my lifetime. I need no reminders. You know that very well. I know that very well. All right, let's dive into this craziness. This is a fun episode. Yes, so this is an episode in which I think this is like a cleanse episode. They were like, we did Masterclass, and that nobody seemed to like that because it was like icky. (laughs) There were like Nazis and incest in that music episode. So let's do another classical music episode. Let's do another classical music episode. I mean, it could have been about baseball, I guess. And we start with Zach. You just missed that joke. I did. I have no idea what you're talking about. Curse of the Ninth. Curse of the, oh, yes, yes. It could have been a ninth inning ninth reference. Inning. It could have been yes. a baseball episode. It could have been a baseball. But it's not. It's about the Ninth Symphony. And also, they are not where they play baseball. No. They play cricket. I, I understand that. Yes. So tell us about the Curse of the Ninth, because that kind of frames out the whole thing. The best source of the Curse of the Ninth information that I found was the same one as Winters. Wikipedia? Which is Wikipedia. The first episode that... That not only references Wikipedia, but actually shows Wikipedia on the screen. Because there's this whole idea that a lot of famous composers have died after composing their Ninth Symphony. After it's been played or... The first time it's performed or something? Yeah, it's destined to be the composer's last, and they are fated to die while or after writing it and before completing the Tenth. Uh, That's still a lot of work. That could be years. Like, I'm okay with nine. (laughs) Yeah. If I wrote nine symphonies, I have trouble writing a two-minute pop song, let alone. What is it with with pop stars, with rock musicians? 27. They die when they're 27. 27. Yeah. Janis Joplin and Hendrix uh, Hendrix and other people like that. If you manage to write nine symphonies by the time you're 27, you'd be double cursed. You would be, especially if there were... Rock symphonies. Wow. That's as bad as my baseball joke. Yeah. yeah. Michael Falconer, who is the head of the music festival that we're at for this episode. Yes. Is just about to have the first performance of his ninth symphony. Yes. and he So is a, he's cursed. He's a famous, famous guy. But he's only been running this for four years. He's played by James Fleet. Every Mr. time I see him, I go, Relish Man! Relish Man! Because he played Ralph Plummer in Sauce for the Goose. The first time I saw him was in Four Weddings and Funeral. Well, and you saw Simon Callow in that too. Yes. He plays Vernon DeHarthog yes. in this episode. Go back and watch uh, Four Weddings and Funeral. You'd be like, and realize they're in a midsummer and they're in a midsummer and he's in a midsummer and she's in a midsummer. He's the source of many things. 
No. Just like we we mentioned uh, King George last week, and I watched the Madness of King George trailer. Mm-hmm. Wow, that has a lot of people from Who Midsummer. Who were in later it. in a Midsummer. Yeah. And but they, they're all really young. And a very young... Julian Rhine-Tut? Yes, Julian Rhine-Tut. He is... 12. A boy. <laughs> He's like 19. Or yeah, yeah, something like that. He's very young in it. All right. And we're at... We're in Fassington? Fassington. Which... Sounds like there's something stuck in your teeth when you say it. Thathington. Thathington. Do they have Thathington? <laughs> no, but they have a pub called the Thathington Arms. The Thathington Arms. Uh, it's, it's an aptly named pub, but a boringly named pub. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, it's in Thathington, so I guess it counts. I guess if you're anywhere in England and there's a village, you can just go, let's go down to the arms. And you're probably going to find it. Probably. Or, or the head. The, yeah, the head. It's somebody's head, it's yeah. somebody's arms, yeah. other body parts. So always the pub. <laughs> so you think Zach's actually playing piano here? Yes, I yes, do. I actually do as well. I'm very interested in when people play instruments and don't play instruments. I looked into that for this episode and to see which of these actors actually play. playing an instrument. Zach Sawandi is played by Matthew Jacobs Morgan, and I looked him up on his agent's website, and one of the things that are listed there is that he is a extremely skilled pianist. Now, I want to make this clear. I don't think... The sound that he's doing is coming through the speakers to you. Coming from that piano. Coming from that piano. But he's actually playing a piece. But he's actually playing a piece. He knows how to do it. Yeah. And there's a couple of other actors in this episode who are actually able to play the music that you hear them playing on violin specifically. There's one who clearly is not. (laughs) Dan Falconer, who is the son of Michael Falconer. I think he's actually playing. Yes. He's a violinist. Yes. He's played by Joseph Prowlin, and he is an accomplished violinist. And then the character Natalie Wheeler, yes, who is played by Flora Spencer Longhurst, is also I also a violinist. she is playing the violin. Now, she's a less accomplished violinist, she, but she's learned to play for she a few She knows how to bow correctly. Well, and... she's been in stage productions where she's been required to be able to play yeah. the violin on stage. So yeah. I think she knows enough to be able to play. Certainly more than me. However, Simon Callow, who nope. is Vernon DeHartog in this episode, does not know how to he play violin. He does not look comfortable with the instrument in any way. However... Simon Callow is deeply interested in classical music oh, and has put out a few albums of classical music on which he does not play. Okay. Simon Callow, <laughs> to say the least, is one of the most interesting cats in the world. Absolutely. He is a Orson Welles fanatic. Oh, yes. He's written like scholarly books about Orson Welles. He is into Orson Welles and all those old movies like Nosferatu and all Mm -hmm. that stuff. He's really into all that. Those sorts of things. Miss Candace Rafferty. She does does not have a familiarity. Rosie Holden is the actress who plays her and no, she does not play an instrument. They do everything to hide her hands possibly Mm -hmm. from playing the instrument. (laughs) It's funny. When you just watch something like this casually, you don't even think about it. You're just like that. That character is playing, blah, 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 blah. But then when you watch it like a maniac, you're like, wait a minute. Do we actually ever see her face, the instrument, and her hands in the same shot? No, you don't. No, you don't. And boy, she has it just below the st- the music stand. They they do a really great job. Yep, yep. Now, there's also an incredible group of actual musicians in this episode. Who get no credit. They get no credit. They get no credit in the credits. They're not in the IMDb page. No. I don't know. Like, 
They, if it was like a regional orchestra that played with them or something, on, I don't know. I think it was someone on YouTube who said they were one of the rabbit people from the rabbit episode. Yeah. But these people, okay, I'm not going to belittle the rabbit people. They're fantastic. Yeah, but that doesn't take years of practice. But they're not the musicians no. that these people are. No, I think these people are an established orchestra playing together. And they've just inserted the actors in among them. I think so. By the way, I didn't know if you noticed this either. But Michael Falkner, he counts the worst time ever. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, James Fleet, great actor, Relish King, I don't doesn't believe, have a lot of rhythm. I don't believe he has any <laughs> rhythm at all. does have great facial hair, though. He does. He's great. But like his one, two, three, four is like <laughs> one, one, two, three, four, four, one, and two, three. One. Yeah. It's <laughs> all over the place. So we're at the Fastington Festival and Zach has played piano because... They're having a competition as part of the festival to name the musician of the year. Zach's the crowd favorite, but doesn't win because Jacob Wheeler wins. Now, what is weird to me as an event planner, mm -hmm. would you not want the announcement of this big winner on the last night of the festival? I, like everybody performs their own little piece. There's some group pieces. They yeah. do the weird movie night with skeezy dude. <laughs> Ivo, he's my favorite in this Ivo whole episode. Is so awesome. I love Ivo. <laughs> then on the last night, you do a big concert, which is the performance of the nine. Mm -hmm. And, and announce then the you announce the winner instead of on the opening night after one guy plays. I think they've all played. Okay. We're just seeing Zach play because he's the last one to perform. I, and I think I can justify it by saying that Michael Falconer wouldn't want anything to compete with the performance of his newest symphony. And so, no, he's not going to announce I, it. I can understand. On that night. I can understand. Plus, I, I don't know. I mean, I know this used to be a free festival. That's one of the things that, that yes. comes up. But if they are charging people, they must be charging a lot because there's only like 40 people there. And there's a lot of brazers. This is another <laughs> brazer. Infatuated with brazer filled episode. <laughs> Torches with flames. But it's not like they're not sold out. It's just a very small venue. It's like it's, a chapel and it's that's a it. It's a super small venue. Those people but must be paying a good price. there's online voting, and, and Jacob wins because of the online voting. We yeah. need a little sound like this. Whenever we hear that Jacob has hacked something successfully. <laughs> <laughs> because it begins to add up. Jacob is the world's greatest hacker. Okay, we'll get to it. Let's just say that. Yeah, we'll and just this. say that. And every time you hear this. It's means, because he's hacked something. Means he's hacked something <laughs> successfully. <laughs> or turn the page if you're watching a Disney movie. Yeah. <laughs> Reading a Disney book. Yeah, it's a slideshow with Disney book. So the, the festival is also sponsored by Rafferty's Gin. Okay, so Michael Falconer. This is another one of those with weird families, oh, right? Oh, yeah. Okay, My so Michael Falconer, who is the, the classical music artiste. His, his sister is Janie. Jane. Rafferty, Rafferty, who is married to Hamish. Hamish Rafferty. Rafferty. All, all of these people have been in episodes before, by the way. Yes. And so if Jane... You're, if you're over 45 in this episode, you've been in an episode before. Yes. If you're anyone else, because you're under 35, you haven't been. Unless you're part of the, the regular cast. Yes. Unless you're Winter and Cam. Yes. Right? Jane and Hamish run Rafferty's Gin which they can only run because she has borrowed a huge amount of money from her brother, Michael, and not told her husband, Hamish. She told him she inherited it, which 
I'm sorry. If I showed up with a whole bunch of money because you and I were just about to start a business and I said, oh, it's an inheritance, wouldn't you say? From who? Yeah. And and why you? Maybe we shouldn't just spend that. Maybe we should use this. These people, the writers have to use shorthand for things like this, but it's nothing like an actual business work. No, no, not at all. Okay. And then they have a daughter. Yes. Candace. Yes. Okay. Candace is not, no, she is dating Jacob Wheeler. Yes. (laughs) She is. Everybody seems to be dating Jacob Wheeler. And Jacob Wheeler we'll is the brother that. of Natalie Wheeler. See, yes. in my head, I get Candace and Natalie confused. It's very confusing. And I'm like, is he dating his cousin? But no. you have to remember no. that Jacob and Natalie are parentless and live in a big house. They're bat people. Yes. They, okay. are, they are Batgirl and Batman. Yes. But they play violin. Yes. Instead of They're solving violin fighting man crime. And girl. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. And then there's Vernon, Vernon DeHarthog, who's yes. not related to anybody. No. But is living with Audrey Glenhill, who runs the pub, who is also sleeping with Warwick, Warwick, who is the f- father of Zach. Yes. <laughs> Don't we, worry. We, you didn't have to follow any of that. It we, doesn't matter. We got. It doesn't matter. All there. The, um, the concert is a white tie event. Yes. Do you know the difference no. between black tie and white tie well, other than the color of your bow tie? I, I think one is, is it relate to time of year, maybe? No. That's an interesting guess, though. Like, no white shoes after Labor Day or something like that? Yeah. Which, is, which do you think is more formal, black tie or white tie? White tie, I would go. Yes. And do you think it's the most formal? I'm going to go no. <laughs> I ask because it's not. And you knew that I wouldn't ask if it yes. was. Yes. No, there's there's a level of dress Above more white formal tie. So than it white tie. Black tie. Well, really, it goes shorts and a t-shirt, black tie, <laughs> white tie, white tie, and then what do you think is above it? Red tie. No, my tie. No, <laughs> it's white tie decorations. White tie decorations. Mm-hmm. That's super fancy. That is the most fancy you can get. It means that it is white tie required and military or royal medals are also worn. Oof. Thereby implying that the majority of the people attending will have medals, medals yeah. or royal regalia to yeah. wear with their white ties. Wow. Well, I'm sure Elizabeth wears the crown when she goes to those things. Just to the white tie events. She'd wear it all the time. She man. probably has a casual crown and a dress crown. I'm and then sure the she white does. tie decorations crown. Like, like she, just like, to wear around the house crown, too. Yeah, well, that's her hat. Yeah. So the white tie has some pretty hard rules. Like it's not just that you swap out your black bow tie for a white one. Okay. There's more requirements than that to actually be proper white tie. What else? You need to wear a vest or a waistcoat that is also white. So your shirt and your bow tie are white and your vest is white, right? Your jacket and pants have to be some shade of very dark black. Gray is not okay. It has to be indistinguishable from black. And it has to have a ribbon or braid that runs down the outside seam of your pants. Of the pants, yeah. You must have patent black shoes. This is men, obviously, just for men. And these are only white tie occasions. Are you allowed to have a top hat? Cape oh. or cane as an accessory. But you, can you have all three? Yeah, you can have oh, all three. Okay. But you can't have any of those if it's just black tie. Okay. Black tie is semi-formal. Luckily for women, 
there's really no difference between the two of them. Yeah, it's, you just wear, it's wear a nice dress, wear a fancy frock. Yeah, and yeah. generally, if it's white tie, it should your dress should go below the middle of your calf. Okay. But even then, it's not like they'd kick you out. No. If it was at your knees, if it was Dior or something, they would let you in. Again, t-shirt and shorts. So it's okay to wear white tie to a black tie event, but not the reverse. Not the reverse. You can't wear black tie to a white tie event. They won't let you in because you're just not their people. I, I, I knew that white tie was fancier. I didn't know there was a level fancier than that. Yes. And I didn't know there were so many rules about it other than the white tie. But now you know. And now we know that Jacob is dead. Mm-hmm. Been strangled. He's dead. He's been strangled with violin wire. What do you think of that? I don't know if that could happen. Now, I know you could with guitar string because mm-hmm. it's metal, mm-hmm. right? Though you would probably hurt yourself by doing it because mm-hmm. you would have to wrap your hands around it. And it, like guitar string would cut into your hand mm-hmm. and a bass string, probably the same. But I don't know what those are. are. Are they made of? I know that some of them are made of nylon. Well, I have similar problems with it. First, violin strings are not that long. So you don't really have the slack to wrap around no. your hands if you're going to do it like that and like cross it in, in the back and Yeah, pull. they're not very long at all. They could be wire though. They could be? Yeah, you can, there are metal violin strings. There are also nylon, but the majority of them are still cat gut. Okay. Which we'll talk about in a second. Okay. But I don't think they're that long. But if they're that strong, if it's strong enough and it's so fine, like guitar strings are pretty thick, especially when you get down to the lower notes and bass are even worse. So I think a violin string would garrot you. Yeah. If you can hold on to it that tight and and pull it that tightly, I think it would cut into you. I think it would garrot you. He would almost be beheaded, I think. I think there's a possibility. And I think you'd need some handles on it. Yeah. Like a garrote has. Like when they say that an assassin uses piano wire, what they mean is the assassin has a thin wire garrote that has handles on it. Yeah. And it may be made out of piano wire, but he's got some kind of handle to either twist it around and tighten it or handles on either end so that he can grab it and really pull it tight. Because... Just using plain wire is really difficult. Yeah, I don't think she could have pulled that off. Especially a man of his size. He was strong and tall. I I don't think. He's also got some sheet music shoved in his face. Yes. In his mouth. Deflator mouse. No, I mean. (laughs) Totten, Weissen, Heifer, Weissen, Totten. Weissen, Pfeffer. Totten, We'll get to that. Yep. Can I tell you about cat gut real quick? Yes. Okay. Do you know what cat gut is? I don't believe it's actual cat gut. No, it's not made from cats. Yes. But it is guts. Oh, it is gut. Yeah. What's it made of? So when you hear that violin strings are made from cat gut, harp strings can also be cat gut. I did not know that. Most harp strings these days, though, are metal, I think. Yeah, but they can be cat gut. They're actually made from sheep or cow guts. Okay. So where they get cat gut is that in the olden days, kit meant fiddle. Okay. So it was kit gut, and then it became... Cat, cat gut. gut. Okay. Right? But it could also be a combination of cattle and gut. Oh. Since a lot of them come from cows. Nowadays, it's mostly goats and sheep. And it's the, it's not the whole intestine. It's okay. the inner lining of the intestine. It's the mucosal layer that makes the slime in your guts. It's that layer. So the, these are organic. Mm-hmm. How are they preserved? Like they must have resin or something on Yes, there. they do. Yeah. That material is almost pure collagen. Yeah. And so when they stretch it and dry it and then they oil it and resin it, it becomes extremely tough. Yeah. But here's something you didn't know. Are you ready? Yeah. 
You've had cat gut in you. Okay. If you've ever had sutures yeah. that dissolved. Yep, which I have. And you got them more than 15 years ago. Which I have. They were probably made out of cat gut. Nice. They're, they're a less treated cat gut, so they- Dissolve. They break down in your body. I don't want to think about that. <laughs> Especially in the region it was in. <laughs> so at some point inside you- have been parts of sheep or cows that you have now incorporated into you. Lovely. Lovely. Then there's this amazing credit montage. Whoever put it together, kudos to you. It's awesome. Awesome editing job. If you breezed by it because you don't pay attention to the opening credits, go back back and watch it again. It's a play on words. Every, it's like pairs of scenes and they're plays on words. They're brilliant. And it's musical, medical, musical, mm-hmm. medical, musical, medical, musical, medical. Yep. And they so, just do such a good job of it. It's so you juxtaposition see, of imagery. Yes. So you see the body bag being zipped up and then yep. you see the zip on an instrument case. Yep. My favorite though is the big measuring tape from the toolbox that the medical examiner has and then measures of music on a music stand. It's all... It's so clever. Those music stands, I tried to find them. They're super nice. Yeah. They're kind of industrial looking. They are. They're weird. industrial. I was like, I would like a a musical stand like that because I have a little $5 one that falls over (laughs) if I breathe too hard. You have the same one that everybody had to use in middle school. Yeah. It was such a hassle. Then Cam is back. We see Cam. Yep. She's been gone for a few episodes and then she comes back and then she's gone for good. It's a weird. I don't know why they did that. Why they couldn't have just had her go before and then had two fill-ins for the end of the season. I, she must have had a commitment or something. I don't know. Before we get to the scene of the crime, though, we have a, a scene at the Barnabys that drives me insane. Sarah's got writer's block. Mark, oh. And they've got to role play the scenes from her book. Okay. I've... Taught creative writing. (laughs) Do not believe in writer's block. I know. It is a trope that drives me insane. It's an external locus of control for a writer. It just means you have to think through whatever point of your plot you can't get, you can't figure out. Yep. It's not something you can blame. Yeah. Right? Is that what you're saying? Yes. But I do think it's a great idea, if you're writing the kind of thing she's writing, that you test whether or not it's possible. If you're going to say that somebody blocks a doorknob with a broom or a mop, then you better know that it actually works. Yeah. I, I like that. As with our experiment last week of dropping the knife. <laughs> knife off of the deck. <laughs> if you're writing a detective novel, which I did, you do have to do some things. You have to test some things out. You yep. can't just rely on what you think is going to happen. Yep. I don't know that they need to have candles lit and stuff, but it is funny when Winter walks in and (laughs) she's on the stairway screaming. (laughs) But where is Betty when they're doing that? The dog's barking, she's screaming, and and Betty's just sleeping away, I guess. I guess. And there are no Spider-Man prints on the wall. (laughs) (laughs) You're obsessed. That's all I'm looking for at that point. Oh, they sold them off to finance this season. I I don't know. I did knock. Jacob's room is a pit. It's the clean. <laughs> I knew it would bother you. His mattress isn't even set up right. It's like leaning up against the wall and there's just trash everywhere. Oh, it's such a mess. <laughs> and then we're going to have to cancel the entire festival. No, we can't. We can't. And then the worst sin of this entire episode. Oh, what's that? Where's Jacob's violin? It's gone. It's a Stradivarius. Mm. Oh. 
which means it's worth a million dollars. Millions of dollars. Now he's he's been loaned it by the the person or consortium who own it. Which is how it works. It does work that way. Yep. Musicians are often loaned priceless instruments. They're yes. heavily insured in multiple yep. ways to make sure that nothing bad can happen, but not a guy who's been playing in an orchestra, local orchestra for two years. I'm sorry. Who, no, he doesn't. appeared to have disappeared for 10 years? Yeah. No. He flaked out for 10 years and then came back and gets loaned to Stradivarius? No. But- it, it happens. And it's Totten Fear is the name of the music that's in his mouth. Yes. By Gustav Mahler. He was attractive to him. <laughs> Until they saw his room and they were like, Ugh. So You know why he was attractive? He put that hat on every once in a while. Yeah. He had the fedora. Yep. So Simon and him didn't get along. Simon Cowell and him didn't get You have along. to call him Vernon. Vernon. Vernon or DeHarthog. DeHarthog. Did not get along. No. Now, Simon who is the actor, eats up scenery he's, every single time. He's, he's incredible. There. He's fantastic. Yeah, he's he's great at playing an alcoholic, though he is not one. Nope, definitely not. If you, were, if you recall, he was the smoking oversex doctor in the Small Mercies episode. Uh, Dead Letters. Dead Letters, sorry, yeah. episode. Yes, the smoking oversex doctor, you're right. <laughs> Just fantastic. In reality, he is uh, a Wells expert in... Uh, Amazing LGBTQ rights activist. Yeah. Just does incredible just stuff. Amazing. Just so many good things he does. But Vernon is wandering around and being drunk, and he says that he doesn't get along with the Dicky Bow Brigade. The Dicky Bow Brigade. Do you know what Dicky Bow means? I have no idea. I had a note to look it up, but I knew you did. So, well, I mean, you assume that it means the bow ties, right? Yes. The, the uppity. Uppity class. The, the upper class. It's a reference to Cockney rhyming slang that makes no sense to me whatsoever. <laughs> Are you ready for the ride? Okay, let's go. This is how Cockney rhyming slang works. Back in the olden days when Cockney rhyming slang was being invented, apparently, by people who wanted to confuse everybody else. Yes. Which they actually did. That's why they did it. The slang for a shirt was okay. Dicky Dirt. Dicky Dirt? Because shirt, Dicky Dirt. Get your Dicky Dirt. Right. Put on your Dicky Dirt. But then a, the, a bow tie looks like a bow on a shirt. So if Dickie Dirt was a shirt, then a Dickie bow was a bow on a shirt. Okay. And not a... Not a dirt bow. Dirt bow. Or bow dirt. Bow dirt. They just dropped the word that rhymes with nope. the actual thing. This is like... Okay. So this is... The, here's an equivalent. If we wanted to come up with slang for shoes. Yes. And we said... Rhythm and blues. Yes. That means shoes. Yes. Right? And then later, we wanted a term for shoestrings. Yeah. We called them rhythm strings. Rhythm strings. Not blues strings. No. Rhythm strings. Yes. And then if we wanted to put down people who wear shoes, we'd say, oh, they're rhythm string crews. Yep. That's how it works. And that means they wear shoes. Yes. And you're supposed to understand that somehow. You have to unpack like five levels. Much like bridge. It is a cruel joke they have given us. Yes. To play on the Collins. I hope they enjoy it. Yes. <laughs> As they should. Candace has stolen Jacob's violin. Yes. Okay. Right. So, right. so Jacob leaves the concert. He goes outside. He's hanging around in the cemetery. Natalie oh. strangles him with the wire, shoves music in his mouth, and leaves him laying on a big gravestone. Right? Yes. Then Candace somehow sneaks by grabs the Stradivarius, which he would never have left behind no. inside. He would have had it in his hand, no. right? No. So 
Natalie kills him, tucks music in his mouth, runs away. Candace comes by, grabs the violin, takes it, hides it in her locker. And then Vernon comes by and goes, and I'll have your wallet, right? Because he ends up with his wallet. I guess. How else does he get it? No, he gets it from the safety deposit box. That's not where he gets his, that's where he gets his wallet? I guess. I thought that's where he got the passport. Maybe. Because this is actually, this is a, a wallet that has JW on it. It's actually Jacob Wheeler's oh, wallet. So yeah, that's what happens. So he picks wow, his pocket. Wow, a lot of people go through this crime scene I guess before. so. That's the only way I can explain it. And Cam doesn't mention that? Uh, she doesn't notice. Devil I defy thee. Then we get the first of many scenes where Michael Falconer sees a bird. A magpie. Did you know it was a magpie just by looking at it? No, not by looking at it. Okay. I know that they said Devil I Defy Thee. I knew that song. And that song's called The Magpie. Mm-hmm. So I assumed it was The Magpie. Okay. So you knew the David Dodd song. Yes. From the 1960s. Yes. All right. Well, it's, it's a traditional. Yes. He didn't write it. He did. Oh, he did? But it's based on the rhyme. Okay. He just kind of augmented it. Okay. So for those of us who didn't know that. Yes. <laughs> And didn't know what Devil I Defy Thee was a reference to or yes. what that bird was. Yes. We had to Google it. Yeah. So we Google it. That's a very good magpie, though. This is the royal we. Stays, like, in place. Mm-hmm. And does a good job. I didn't know it was magpie. He doesn't make the crow sound. The crows are so good on camera. So it's a reference to a folk rhyme that's about a superstition about ravens or magpies. Yes. And when you see them, the number of them together is portentous. So you have to count them. Yes. To find out what it means. That's the... I did not know that. That's the superstition. So the old rhyme goes, one for sorrow, two for mirth, three for a funeral, four for birth, five for heaven, six for hell, seven for the devil, his own self. That's the original. Yeah. And then the version from the song... One for sorrow, two for joy, three for a girl, four for a boy, five for silver, six for gold, seven for a secret never told, devil, devil, I defy thee. We only ever see one. In both cases, one is bad luck. Yep. Two are better. You want to see two. Yeah. But Michael keeps seeing one. Just one. let me tell you something about this song. Okay. This song that you you knew that I didn't know, I'd never Mm. heard of, whatever. The reason why David Dodds wrote it David Dodd's a musician who's famous for first recording this folk song yeah. based on the magpie. Do you know why he wrote it? No. Because he'd never heard it either. Ha ha! 50, 60 years ago when he heard it. Yes. He gave an old lady a ride okay. in a village, and he happened to be driving a brand new car. I think it was a Mercedes. Okay. And every time she saw a magpie, she spit on the floor of his car and said, Devil, devil, I defy thee. And then would go on with conversation. And if she saw another one, she'd go, Patooey, devil, devil, I defy thee. And then talk to him some more. Excuse me? <laughs> His brand new car. While I apply the brakes. This old lady and kick kept you out of my car. Hockering on the floor of his oh. car. Needless to say, he didn't forget it. No. And so it inspired him. I don't think I'll ever forget it. To look into it. And he wound up writing a song about it. It's just one more reason not to pick up old ladies in villages. Because they might spit on the floor of your car. All I know is she's got a fast eye. If she can pick a bird out from a tree or whatever. This is a multi-million dollar instrument. I'm going to leave it on my bed while I go shower. Well, where, what is she supposed to do? Take it in the bathroom with her? I don't know. I mean, Put she it should in a safe or Hide it. Maybe not vault. play it in front of a window. Uh, yes. 
Oh, Candace, just because <sighs> your mom and dad make gin doesn't mean you have to act stupid. Now, I want to say a couple of things about the gin they make. First of all, the label is beautiful. Yes, it is. It, it is. All the branding for Rafferty Gin is very well original. done. It's all really well done. Mm-hmm. They do a very good job. Absinthe was indeed illegal at this point, I think. Well, yeah, because it was infused with wormwood. Yes. For a while, you could buy absinthe that wasn't real absinthe. It all was green. alcohol is poisonous. True. This is, you know, Hamish is the nicest guy in the episode until he tries to burn everything <laughs> down. <laughs> And he does that in order in a nice guy kind of way. For a good reason. Yeah. Well, not a good reason. Well, because they're broke. Yeah. And he thinks it's the only way they're going to stay afloat. Yeah. Is by sacrificing his own business. Yes. And he almost kills two young women. He does. (laughs) Hamish, played by Robert Dawes, who you will recognize as Mike Spicer from Hidden Depths, who died with a TV on his head. TV on his head. Fantastic death. Can we please, please, please talk about Ivo now? Yes. <laughs> is my favorite thing in the whole episode. Ivo is fantastic. They go to Strings, yes. which is the musical instrument repair shop store yes. run by Ivo Baxter. Yes. Who is the musical equivalent of Dennis Rainbird. I'm sorry. He and Dennis would get along super well. Classical music is my obsession. And he doesn't say obsession. He says obsession. And he's got like every Michael Falconer poster behind him. And he keeps looking at them like. So he has horror and black and white behind him. Mm -hmm. He has symphony number nine, but there's a big X on it, which is 10. Yeah. I don't know about that. I'm not sure why he is. Well, if it has, it has an I next to it, that would be nine. Yes. And (laughs) Roman numerals and stuff. I didn't notice that. You missed that. You missed the red eye. And. He has two other posters that I couldn't see. They're all Michael it's Falconer. It's all Michael. And again, whoever did the, the visuals for this did a really good job because the Michael Falconer poster for the ninth is like this most dramatic black and white yes. close up of his face with his beautiful beard. Yes. Looking all dramatic. Like yes. that's plumber relish. To yes. You, you know, I mean, he's like super serious. And then we get the second best character in strings. Marjorie? Marjorie. The kitty cat. It's the only person he really knows. And he, throughout the episode, whenever you see him wearing his little brown work coat, he has a button that has Marjorie's photo on it. It's so funny. Oh, And he has a vlog. That's a video blog. Okay. Okay. Best vlog ever. (laughs) (laughs) It's notes on Fassington. Get it? Notes. Yep. So, he makes the notes joke three times. So, so Winters looks at it. Oh boy, I had a time. The pages behind the vlog, the background of the vlog, the wallpaper, are of a hymn entitled "God Is Great." Uh, it's hymn number eighty-seven, written in eighteen fifty-four by Thomas C. Gray. Yeah, it's a big popular one with Mormons. I would absolutely watch Ivo's videos. Oh, I would watch every, every one of them. single one of Did them. Did you check the URL for it? No, I didn't check the URL. Did could... you check notes on Fassington? Did you Google yes. it? So, so, no, I didn't check notes on Fassington. Actually. Notes from Fassington. But I did check that that Curse of the Ninth book is not real. Mm-hmm. And then that's when Winter goes to the Wikipedia page. Yeah. 
Now, the Wikipedia page they exist now is, is different. That's is why wikis different. are wikis, right? It's been edited since. But yeah. I went to the Wikipedia page that was on the site during the filming, and it is indeed that page. If you didn't know, if you're not familiar with the way Wikipedia and other wikis work, yeah. because they can be edited by anybody, they have a lot of versioning control, yes. and so you can rewind the page back to a date yes. to see how it uh, what the content was on a certain date yep. without changing the page at all for anybody else. You're yep. just seeing a previous version of it, which is kind of a fun thing to do, especially when something big happens Yep, to see like how it changed over time. Yeah. Like uh, here's a kooky example based on a podcast I've been listening to recently. Go look at Jimmy Savile's Wikipedia oh, page from Woo 10 doggy. years ago versus now. Yeah. Woo doggy. The view of him has changed. Yes. So, um, but so Ivo is played by Colin Michael Carmichael. Okay. He's been in some other stuff. I can't say anything is as good as this character. He's so, so good. He's great. Oh, and he's going to, he's going to host a silent movie night too. Yes. As part of the festival, which is just like, just something to look forward to. <laughs> you just can't wait till it happens. He's very excited about it. Michael's going to call in his loan. So now Jane and Hamish are in money trouble. And that's why Hamish winds up trying to blow up the distilleries. Uh, but Michael is bad. Well, he also uses a pool table to write his music on. And since we record on a pool table, I wanted to make note of that. I also noted that. Because you're constantly trying to get rid of the pool table that I use as a desk and we also record on because you hate it so much. And I was like, look, Michael Falconer uses a pool table as a desk and it works just fine for him. But he's not using a microphone. As it does for me. <laughs> <laughs> just saying. But he. A little he, eye into our world. <laughs> he threatens to tell Hamish about the loan, which, okay, he shouldn't. That shouldn't be a secret from him anyway. No. But he threatens to to kick their daughter out of the orchestra if she doesn't pay it back. He's That's so, not a very uncle-y thing to he's do. He's stupidly mean. And luckily, not superstitious. Wait a minute, there's another magpie. <laughs> it's sitting out the window going, oh, are you not superstitious about me? Superstitious? Just lonely little me. Yes. I have no friends. I'm like, Ivo, I'm just sitting out here. <laughs> little old me. Candace does the absolute right thing and tells Hamish about the loan right away. Ending any blackmail possibility. Not, she does. Not um, Candace, Jane. So, yes, Jane does the right thing. Yes. Jane, does. They seem to have a good relationship. They absolutely, and if he wasn't an arsonist, it would be better. Yes. But yes, they do some nice design work. Janie Rafferty, uh, who you might recognize, played by Carol, Caroline Langrish, who was also Susan Fincher in Blood on the Saddle, but more importantly, Charlotte in Lovejoy. Yes. Charlotte and Lovejoy. But then Candace, their daughter, yes. has left fingerprints. Yes. Gilded piney fingerprints, <laughs> apparently, everywhere from the awesome gold-flecked rosin that Jacob used oh. on his bow. Hey, I thought it was over the top, too, until I looked and saw, like, 10 brands of bow rosin that have gold flake in them. Okay. I don't I know why they have it. 
but they do. By the way, Ivo should know how to play instruments. He should know a little. Yeah. At least a little. Or he wouldn't be able to fix them. If I went into the stringed instrument shop that's in Bloomington, you might think it's weird that there's a stringed instrument shop in Bloomington like this, but we have Jacob's School, which is the second best music school in the country after Juilliard. Mm-hmm. Right? So we have all kinds of music stores so, in so Bloomington. All kinds of Very music stores. Very niche ones. And we have... A guy who does nothing but violins and cellos and stuff like that. And he can play. And he would, if he said, I can't play that instrument, I would leave. Yeah. I would say, well, then you can't repair it. Yes. Either. So Candace is leaving these gilded piney fingerprints all over the place. So they know that she swapped her violin out and took Jacobs's home. Yes. Now. Jacobs, we've already talked about why he wouldn't have a Stradivarius in reality. Yes. What he really wouldn't have is a case for it with his initials on it. Or any ability to play that instrument in any way. Like, they're notoriously difficult to play on top of it. Yes. Maybe he hacked it. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think that would work on a violin. No, I don't think so either. But Candace takes it home, takes a shower, and then Ivo slips in her place. Yes. Because she plays it in front of the window and goes... I'm the one. I'm 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 making a, a violin motion yes, here with yes, my hands. Yes, you I'm are. the one who stole the Stradivarius. Now yep. I'm gonna leave it on my bed, take a yep. shower. And he goes in and, and Ivo's like, I'll take that. Thank you. I'm gonna steal that. Mm-hmm. I can't play it, but I'm gonna take it. And I'm no, gonna ruin it. He's going to destroy that instrument. Mm. Oh my gosh. It hurts, doesn't it? I I I may have squeaked it a little bit when he put he puts varnish on it the fact to try he, to hide it. The fact that he touches it with nothing other than his bare hands ruins that instrument. You're like, immediately. Ivo, gloves, now. Yes. <laughs> and then he just paints some varnish on it. You're like, no. Oh, through like a really bad old crackety. With an old chip brush from yep. a jar. Yeah. Mm. If you think you feel bad, imagine how real violin people oh my God. saw this felt. This rehearsal room brought to you by the Uffington White Horse. Yes. And lots of secondhand couches. Why? I love that they're there. And it's then for they, the audience and, later. And then they rehearse later on in a different room. Well, sometimes they rehearse in the rehearsal room and sometimes they rehearse in the venue where they're going to play. Which I assume that chapel is also on Michael's estate. I would assume so. Though we never see Michael at home except for by the pool table. Yep. Hassenpfeffer is missing from the musical library. Tottenfire. Tottenfear. Tottenfear. Mm-hmm. Which he apparently has a whole like library checkout system for because it's not signed out. I would assume that people would do that, mm-hmm. I guess. I think that Zach and his dad, Warwick, are just red herrings. Yes. They're a side plot that doesn't yeah. need to be there. Yeah. It is People of Color Used as Red Herrings, episode two. And really, Audrey is kind of unnecessary, too. She is, though I love that actress. She's Maggie O'Neill. You remember her from Straw Woman. Yeah. Uh, she played Agnes Waterhouse. So Audrey is having a relationship with both DeHart Hog and Warwick. Yes. Though... We don't really know why any of that. And then we find out that Jane had a fling with Jacob. Yeah. Who's like the same age as her child, which yeah. is weird. It's convenient to you that Jacob was murdered. Yeah, because you, uh, I was grossed out by it. Because <laughs> mm, maybe you should have never gone anywhere near him. The Sathingham Youth Camp. Tha- they do, Thassing- Thassington. They do a good job of having missing letters on the sign. That's not hard. 
I know. <laughs> you just knock them off. <laughs> All right, let's talk about the movie festival, the movie night. Okay. Because the movie night's awesome too. The movie night is fantastic. It's the terror of Amenhotep. The terror of Amenhotep. Which is a silent film featuring the worst mummy costume ever. Yes, we'll put a picture of that in the show notes. I was just like, that's not a mummy. And mummies don't. Okay. (laughs) The mummy has never appeared in a graveyard. No, why would he? Why would he? A museum? Yes. Yes. He does wander around the moors in certain mummy mummy movies. Yes. Okay, but never in a graveyard. No. No. And mummy doesn't need eye holes and a mouth hole cut in his wrappings. The monster awakened. (laughs) The the mummy costume in the movie is bad, but the costumes of the movie goers are awesome. Fantastic. We got Bride of Frankenstein. Yes. But my favorite is Nosferatu. He yes. slips through really quickly. He's awesome. The He's only great. one who makes the con uh, the, the credits, credits is Frankenstein. Frankenstein. The, the monster, Frankenstein's monster. There's a couple of ghosts. There's yeah. Frankenstein's monster. There's Bride of Frankenstein, my personal favorite, mm-hmm. and a very good Nosferatu. Yeah, yeah. Because, but I mean, then there's Ivor. But then Ivo, sorry, in his cape and everything. No, no, no. <laughs> With his big the, projector. Then there is. Let's slag off Canada. You're so sensitive. Montreal is negative 50 and the same temperature as the surface of Mars and there's bears everywhere. You don't like Montreal? And the, You can really, let it go. Really? That's yes, no, maybe. <laughs> Mars is much colder than that. <laughs> yes. Otherwise, completely accurate. Yes. My brother, who doesn't live in Montreal, he lives in the north of Ontario, has had to cancel golf games because there are bears. He's yeah. had to call into work because of a bear in his front yard. Yes. So he couldn't leave his house. So now we've got another concert. But Vernon, does, Vernon doesn't do well at the concert. Uh, he dies. He dies. <laughs> he dies because somebody put strychnine on the strings and the bow of his viola. And when he plays, he inhales it and then just starts to bleed from every orifice on his head and collapses. Yeah. It's a bad way to die. He does a good dead body, though. In the morgue, too, he's he's a good dead body. So strychnine is made from the strychnos ignati plant, of which there are 53 species. Okay. Luckily, none of them grow here. That's good. The beans are called the St. Ignatius bean. People call them that. I don't. Yeah. I could not figure out why you would call something that is only poisonous after a saint, but that's what they call it. Yeah. And Hamish claims that he grinds them up to make a mold retardant. Yeah. Which I could not find any use of strychnine for molds. However, you can make strychnine from the beans. It's not difficult. And even the roots are used to tip poisonous arrows with. Oh. And curare, which is another incredibly bad poison, comes from the same kind of plant. Oh, lovely. But he just grows it. Yeah. You know. He's a little greenhouse. For the mold. Along with his wormwood. That's the only reason he grows it? I guess. Is for the mold? Yes. Otherwise, why? How much mold does it have? And when you've got a mold problem, the first thought isn't, I'll grow a plant that when it matures, <laughs> I can pick the beans and grind them up when I have enough. Perhaps and it will I'll make spray this liquid it with some and bleach. I can spray the mold with it. Like you can go and just get some Clorox and solve it right now and not have to wait five years until these plants mature <laughs> to, to do that. Never mind that, like, wouldn't somebody go, hey, why are you growing strychnine in here next to the lavender and the mint and whatever else you're growing? It's to flavor the gin. No. <laughs> 
Do you know, I, I once grew castor plants. Yeah. Because I thought they were beautiful. Yep. Now, if you don't know from the name, castor oil comes from castor plants too. Yeah. But so does ricin. Yes. The poison. The and poison. it comes from the bean pods, yes. right? So neighbors got all uppity with me. Why are you growing castor plants? You know, they'll kill everything. Like if you eat it, don't eat it. Okay. So I kind of defend Hamish a little bit, maybe, yep. but I don't think it's a good mold plan necessary. They're just all kinds of bad. What do you make of the whole Dan wants to be lead violinist thing? Okay. Do you care? I understand that there is competition in music schools. Mm-hmm. Okay. And on orchestras. Right. Being but, first chair matters. And in a professional orchestra, it matters because your paycheck is different. It, it, <laughs> it means you're, you're meant for different parts. Mm-hmm. And it means you are you have more money and more responsibility. Yeah. It's not a thing that you can play musical chairs with. No. Like if he... Because there are unions that prevent that kind of stuff from happening. And... Which is what Vernon tries to bring up before he bleeds out from his head. A second or third uh, violinist. Mm -hmm. I don't want to say these people know their place, but they're all trained differently. And they're all the best of the best or they wouldn't be there anyway. Like you're trained to be a second chair violinist. Mm -hmm. And if you're not on the second chair of that orchestra, you don't go to that orchestra. Right. Yeah. Like you don't go, oh, well, I'll do it. It's like. I don't, I'll start at fourth and work my way up. It's like rhythm guitarist and lead guitarist. Yeah. Right? You well, have different roles to play. You have different roles to play. Now, when the first chair leaves or drops dead or gets garroted by his sister. Sister-ish. Not sister. Um, maybe there's competition for who gets to move up in, a, in an orchestra that can't just hire in a new first chair so i i I knew that she was the killer but i was a little worried that he had tried to get it on with her oh because it's midsummer but that would make it as bad as the other classical music episode so glad that didn't happen so natalie gets made first chair so dan is upset about it but then michael's gonna change his mind and i don't know and i don't really care it's really more important that he's Michael's son. That's what matters. And yep. that he treats him differently because he's his son and Michael's a jerk. Yep. Right? Then we find out all this stuff about Vernon gathering information about Jacob, right? We find out he had his wallet, that he had this this card that's a key card. I'd never seen a key card for a safety deposit no, box, no, but no, it no, makes no. sense that yeah. they wouldn't have those now. Yep. Because the keys are so easy to lose and stuff, yep. right? We get closed circuit footage of him in the bank and he opens the box and he finds a passport and we don't know what Not it that says. they would ever have closed circuit footage of what you're, what is in Oh your, no, that's so private. You it, never film yeah. the inside of a, of a security a no. bank box vault. No. no, no. They usually escort you to a private room outside yeah. of that room with yeah. the box, put it down, lock the door behind them, and then you knock when you want to come yeah, out. That's part of the bank's service. Yeah, is the, is the privacy, the discretion of the safety deposit box. All of that is wonderful, and I was interested in it. But I spent 10 minutes with rewinding and playing a part over and over again mm-hmm. and trying to turn on the subtitles and try to figure out what Warwick says to Zach about spag. He says, do you want some spag ball, which is um, spaghetti bolognese. Okay, spag ball. <laughs> I was like, what kind of spag? I knew the spag was spaghetti. Spag ball. But I'm like, spagno? <laughs> like Napolitan. 
Tano? And, and then I he says, like, like, I'll let you beat spaghetti. me at FIFA or something. You're yeah. like, Spagball? Is that a kind of soccer? Is that I, football? No, spag no, ball? I knew what Spag was, <laughs> but I didn't know what the ball was. I Bolognese. thought it was no. So I'm, like, looking up Spaghetti Napoleon. Uh, Neapolitan, <laughs> and there's like no such I'm thing. I'm sorry you struggled and if you I'm just like, asked me. I would have told you. <laughs> what is that? Spaghetti and meat sauce. <laughs> I'm off to Amsterdam to get drugs. I mean, play in a band. Hey, Zach's in a band. Zach's in a band. Good for him. You know what the name of the band is? Red herrings. Red herrings. Zach and the red herrings. I just love that you can book us a direct ticket from Costin to Amsterdam. Well, you know. <laughs> on whatever, I think it's a train ticket, I guess. Yes. Maybe it's a boat. I'm I don't staying know. away from infrastructure. You're <laughs> <laughs> just going to get in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> uh, then Natalie has to be rescued by Candace, Candace at the distillery because Which is, Hamish is trying to blow the place up. Like It's a needlessly complicated detail that makes me confused because I know Natalie's the killer. I'm like, is she killing herself here? Mm -hmm. (laughs) And then... Or if she had died there, would they have ever found out who killed Jacob and Vernon? I don't know. They both get over being gassed super quick. Yeah. Like way too quick. All right. I think the time has come for us to talk about who Jacob really was because we get to talk about the medals and all that good stuff. Yeah. Jacob and Natalie... Our brother and sister. Yes. But when they were 13 and 15. Yes. They went to music camp. Well, they went to camp. A block away. Yes. From where they live, apparently. And he got upset and left. Because he tried to steal Audrey's cigarettes. Yes. The, 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 the pub owner. Yes. And he got on a bus and left and didn't come back for 10 years. And he only met up with Natalie in Dublin after her parents had died. Mm-hmm. When she just happened to be there playing violin and he was there in another orchestra. Yes. And then they saw each other and she was like, you're my brother. He's yeah. like, you're my sister. Yes. And he's like, look, I got the birthmark. I got the necklace. She's yes. like, you have the birthmark. You have the necklace. You must really be him. Yes. Not. The question I have, it's unfortunate, but Natalie's parents are killed simply so they won't recognize Yes. <laughs> You're right. Like, how can he come back and be an imposter pretending to be Jacob and nobody know that it's not him? So, A, the parents have to be dead. Sorry, mom and dad. You're dead. They gotta go. B, Natalie has to be stupid. Okay. (laughs) At least she's not blind or something, like, from the accident. That would make it worse. stupid. She's just so stupid. Now, I know you change a lot between, like, 15 and 25, but not that much. If he had been an infant when he ran away... (laughs) <laughs> after stealing cigarettes yeah. if the three-year-old jacob had been like ha i got your cigarettes and then jumped a bus and then came back when he was 23 okay yeah. maybe you don't recognize him you're like oh you got the same birthmark and you're still wearing the same bling that's you baby jacob but he was like 15 uh and why why doesn't dan go what i killed you <laughs> like if i you're was not dan, back from the dead if i was dan who is Natalie's boyfriend. Mm-hmm. And she says, my brother's back. I would go, what? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> she comes back from Dublin with a zombie. Dan would be like, holy moly. 
And I would at least be pulling him aside going, uh. I know that you're not. You're not him. He doesn't have to say, because I killed you. No, he, he doesn't. He can just say, yeah. I know you're not him. I remember what he looks like because we had pictures. And <laughs> he bullied me. So yeah. I know what he looked like. Yeah. I remember his yeah. face because he beat me up a lot. Yeah. And you're not him. Yeah. So what are you doing here, dude? Yeah. And what are you doing with Natalie and <laughs> but, taking advantage of her? Because she's my girlfriend. But Dan doesn't say a word. He is either the biggest coward or so stupid. It's not funny. I can only think it's because he's a coward. I can only think that. Because he's not dumb. No. He can play violin really well. Jacob is an imposter. He's got a birthmark that... that Jacob had because he got a tattoo of a birthmark. Yes. Who did that tattoo job? Uh, somebody who doesn't ask a lot of questions. Yeah. They just said, he, he walked in and goes, hey, I need like a red kind of like a blobby thing right here. You want a what? Like a blob. And from what I know of tattoo artists, no tattoo artists would do that. Oh, I don't know. I think they would if you said, I don't know. you know what? My best friend had a birthmark right here and he died and... I want to remember him. Or my twin brother had a birthmark right here and he died. And Maybe. I, you know, I think you could come up with a story. Needless to say, if you Google birthmarks and tattoos, it's always the other way around. People yes. are always getting tattoos to make birthmarks look like other things. Yes. Not getting birthmarks tattooed. Yes. <laughs> now, there are some tattoos that look like birthmarks because they're really bad. Yes. But not on purpose. No. Okay. No. How? All right. So. Okay. How does he learn how to play <laughs> the violin? Because that's not something you just wing up. Okay. You better get your hack sound out. Okay. All right. Let's talk about how Jacob pulls this off. Okay. How Leon becomes Jacob. Yeah. All right. So he's this random guy in his 20s. Yep. Who has been to jail because he hacked his girlfriend's computer and stole the money from her bank account. Right. Then he gets out. Of, he gets out of jail and he thinks, hmm, I still have my hacking abilities. What can I do to make more money? I know I'll study my ass off to learn how to play violin. <laughs> so I know I'm already like a really good hacker, but I'm going to learn how to play violin at like virtuoso level. Yes. Award winning okay? level. Not just any old level, but like amazing levels. Yeah. Because I read a news story about this man and woman who died in a car accident and left behind their kids and the son just happened to run off. And he was older than three, but he took this, off anyway. And nobody will recognize him. Is the longest con. And how much money are we talking about here? Because it. I, I mean, even if it's millions, how many hacks could he have performed in the meantime that would have made him more money? Yeah. Okay. Because that's not all he has to do. All oh, right. I know. So not only does he, he hacks his girlfriend's bank account and goes to jail for that. He comes back out. Then in order to pretend to be Jacob, he has to go through a DNA test yep. with the, the lawyers. Yes. And he pulls that off by hacking their system to replace the results to say that he is Jacob, yes. right? Then he has a thumb drive with Michael Falconer's medical records on it, proving that he's going deaf and is about to have some experimental surgery. So he's How also, does he get those medical records? He's hacked the NHS. How does he know that Jacob had a birthmark as a baby, as a more, child? More NHS hacking. He must have hacked his birth records medical records then he also hacks the voting system for the festival 
to make sure that he wins the prize. So there is six. At least six. And you never see him anywhere near a computer and there's none in his room? No. Now, hacking the voting for the festival, I'm not real impressed by. No, I bet you he made the website. Probably. Yeah. Or they didn't reset the password on their Squarespace site or whatever. I'm a hacker. I know how to do that. Yeah. Um, This episode not bought to you by Squarespace. (laughs) You know what I mean. Yeah. So I'm not impressed by that. But medical records, insurance companies, legal systems, bank accounts. This guy doesn't need to be pretending to be a violinist to make money. Well, he also hacks um, Natalie's personal computer to find out details about him because that's how he knows all the details about Jacob. When does he do that? Before they meet? Yeah. How does he do that? (laughs) Dude should be working for the NSA. Yeah, absolutely. Not playing for the Faffington Orchestra. Faffington. Meanwhile... Work and Audrey have stole a bunch of booze. Oh, who cares? Who cares? <laughs> I'm just going to wander around in the forest here and find a dead body. You want to talk about tunnels? Yes. I have a problem with tunnels. Okay. Before they go down in the tunnels, though. What are those tunnels for? Why would no, they no, go? I can I explain that. Okay. I can explain that, okay. actually. Audrey says something awesome. Okay. When she explains that they moved the camp away from the site because they couldn't keep the kids out of the tunnels. Yeah. Where did they move it to? Badger's Drift. Badger's Drift. Because yeah. that's a much safer place to have the camp. <laughs> yeah. You know, where people aren't killing each other all the time and it's not raining vickers. Yes. It's great. That's, that's the way place you want to go. Best place to live in England. <laughs> would you send your kids to a camp in Badger's Drift? No. I wouldn't. No way. No. Not even if they we were need, three-year-old cigarette stealers. There's we, no way. We need a sleepaway camp, Badger's Drift camp. Let's cross over here. <laughs> Now, the reason I think there are lots of tunnels, here's why I'll tell you. Because I think the Falconer estate is a big estate. I think it's okay. a fancy place. Okay. And it was pretty common in the olden days when they were doing things like- Water systems. Water things. systems, like building big fountains for follies yeah. and stuff like that. They would actually have tunnel systems yeah. where they would run those pipes through. Okay. They had to be big enough for people to walk in or, yeah. you know, for, you know, little people, you know, the under people to bend over and crawl yeah. in or whatever. The other reason why I think they might be there is that it was pretty common for outbuildings and the big house to be connected via tunnels. So the kitchens would actually be in another building outside of the manor. And that's where the food would be made. And then it would be brought through Uh, the tunnels into the main house. Those would be bigger tunnels, obviously. But I don't think it's uncommon for large estates to have tunnels. I'll just put a big rock over it. Winters will never find. I don't know how he finds it. I don't know why he finds that uh, particular entrance. He's got his spidey sense on. And then, you know, you'd think Audrey says they're not safe. They're collapsing all the time. So what do they do? They just send Cam down there without yep. a hard hat or anything. Just, just go no. down there, Cam. You're and disposable because you're leaving anyway. Go on. And she finds the skeleton with the metal. Yes. Glinting in the, in the light. Because Leon has come back with a fake version of it. Yeah. Now, how he found out what was on the metal, the front and the back. Like, you couldn't do that from a photo. He must have hacked it. (laughs) He hacked the metal. He hacked Natalie's neck. Yes. Maybe he could find two photos of her where it was facing both directions. Maybe. Did it from that. I don't know. But he's got it. And um, the real one is around the skeleton of the real Jacob Wheeler, who was killed by Dan by accident. Yeah. I mean, he didn't even mean to kill him, but no. I can understand why a 13-year-old who's been bullied might not tell anybody. Yeah. I saw him get on a bus. Yeah. But Dan, he was only four. Yeah. I saw him get on the bus. <laughs> He's like 15 or something. Yeah. 
So when Dan realizes that he's going to get caught. He goes to tell Natalie. But Natalie has a bigger secret than Dan does. He's like, I'm sorry. I I killed your brother on accident. She's like, oh, yeah? I killed him, too. (laughs) It's it's the worst version of of one-upmanship ever. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, I killed two people. Yeah, you couldn't have killed him because I killed him. I killed I killed the real one. Well, I killed the fake one. Well, I killed somebody else too. Yeah, poor Dan is like, oh no, this is the worst thing that could ever happen. And then Natalie's like, no, it's not. No. <laughs> I've done Na- worse than that. Natalie's acting in the last scene is the best acting in the episode. She does a great job. She does. Yeah, a she's really, really, good, really good. I mean, she's no Ivo, but she's no. okay. <laughs> He's my favorite. Did you I see? I love the- how Ivo is just. Completely forgotten. I know, but he's so awesome when he's there. Did you see the clockwork gear mechanism that's behind Natalie and Dan when they're in the bell ringing chamber? Yes, but I didn't know what it was. It's a clock. Oh, okay. So if you have some kind of automated bell ringing doodad for the clock, you need a clock. Yeah. And I know it doesn't look like a clock. It looks like a big steampunky gear mess. Yeah. But it looks just like the clock that's in Salisbury Cathedral. Oh, okay. Like it's like it's a smaller version, but it would have been attached to just one bell that would be used to like do the time and that's it. Yeah. All the ropes you see, those are for the actual no, bells. Those are for the, the seven bells. And that's way more bells than that little tiny chapel would have, I would well, think. Well, yeah. But it's England. Yeah. Well, ring. Michael probably had them all installed because yes. you know he's fancy fancy. Stay away from the bears. <laughs> I don't know why Natalie just didn't expose Jacob. Once no. she knew that he was not really him, why I, didn't she just expose I him? I don't know why Dan didn't expose Jacob. Yeah. Like, we're just going to have you DNA tested again. Yeah. By two different companies. Like, hack he, all that. And Jacob. He, yes. He's Leon. A, yes, he's a coward. But like, Dan could have been like, he doesn't have to say that he knows what happened yeah. to him to know that that's not him. Yeah. You just say you're an imposter. He doesn't look like him. <laughs> you don't look like him. You are not him. I knew him and you are not him. Yeah. Then once Natalie confesses, she says she wants to see him. Yeah. So they let her go down in the tunnel. I'm like, well, I'm like, she says, can I go see him? And then she's getting in a police car. And I'm like, Maybe not. And then they take her down the tunnel. I'm like, well, maybe they are. Then they they leave her down there alone. They would never do that. They They would be like, no, you're a homicidal maniac. Barnaby and Winter might feel for her. Yeah. Because she's just found out what actually happened to her brother. Yes. They would cuff her, take her down there, let her see it. And like three uniformed officers would be with her because... She could just take off down the tunnel. And everyone would be in hard hats. (laughs) Yes, everybody. I can't believe they just leave her down there to to stand there alone. Anyway, then Sarah's got a publisher for her book. Because Mark, that's all you have to do to publish a book. If you're a first-time author who's never written anything before, you can put three chapters of an unfinished book up on a website and a publisher will contact you. Good God almighty. They know the buttons to press with me. I knew that was going to irritate you when I saw it again. I was, I like, just was like, ooh, Mark's going to be mad. I was just like, <laughs> if only they had another dig at Canada. Oh, wait, they did. <laughs> I'm surprised she didn't take a dog sled from the airport. <laughs> oh. uh, best corpse? Oh, hold on. Okay. It is important for everyone to realize that giving toys 
that make noise is a tradition should be honored all the time. Always. Always give toys that make noise. Especially to only children. Yes. I can. They need all the loud toys they can have. I cannot wait until we have children again that we can give toys to. Until we have grandchildren? Yes. All right. Best corpse? (laughs) Nice corpse. I'm going to say Vernon. Just because he's a, such a great actor, he does a great corpse. Werner, yeah, the Hart Hog. Werner, the Hart Hog. I'm going to say Jacob Wheeler. Okay, but the real Jacob Wheeler. Ooh, because yeah. he's a skeleton. He's a skeleton. <laughs> That's a better corpse. Yeah, because he's actually dead. Yes. After the credits, Ivo is Ivo going up the pokey. No, I don't know. The people who own that Stradivarius have something to say to him. Yes. But a whole lot of people screwed up long before it got into his hands. He stole it from somebody who stole it from somebody who stole it because they were pretending to be somebody they weren't. Yes. So whoever vetted Jacob and said that he was okay to have it is probably in some pretty hot water. Is Hamish going up the the mountain for insurance fraud? Attempted. Attempted. That's probably going to be a misdemeanor. Yeah, it's probably. Michael? Does his ninth, everybody loves it, goes deaf and doesn't make any more music and is a sad man. Or goes on to become a plastic surgeon in Death in Paradise. Yes, that's... Or goes an, back to making relish. Yes, another thing he does. Zach goes off to be famous in a big band, rock and roll band. Yep. And his dad gets used to it. Yes. And accepts that his son is now a millionaire. Who and can, him and Audrey are, are cool. Yeah, I think Audrey's okay. Um, Candace is... She probably gets in a little trouble for stealing the Stradivarius, mm-hmm. but that's but it. In the midst of all that other stuff? Yeah. Yeah. How about Dan? Dan? Dan's got to go up the pokey. Really? It was an accident. He was he was a kid. He needs to at least go through the process. He, he will go through the process, but I think he'll be acquitted. Uh, or he'll appeal or he'll plead guilty to manslaughter or something like that. But it's accidental. Yeah. And they were kids. Yeah. So I think he's okay. Natalie, up the pokey. Up the pokey? Why are you saying up the, up the river or to the pokey? To Not the up pokey. the pokey. That's something completely different. <laughs> and I don't want to talk about it. Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. she goes up the river. Why? Because she killed two people. Right. Okay. I get her and Candace confused. And of course, Janie's fine. Yeah, Janie's fine. So is the distillery going to stay in business? I think it has at least a good shot. Maybe. Maybe if Michael says, ah, you don't have to pay back the loan, it's okay. Maybe. Not right now. Yeah. Maybe. Michael doesn't need the money now. Why not? The if he if he bases his whole career on this festival every year, if that's what keeps him afloat, he's in trouble. I guess. Because I don't think it's happening again since multiple people were killed at this one. Maybe Never he'll mind go, the fact that he needs an entire team of people to run it. But. Maybe he'll go on the talk show circuit saying, I survived my ninth symphony. Maybe. I'm famous now. Maybe. Or maybe he'll just hurry up and write a tenth one. Yes. To prove that he survived it. Maybe. Maybe the magpie will attack him and peck out his eyes. Maybe. So he'll be deaf and blind. And that. <laughs> that is Curse of the Ninth. Curse of the Ninth. You got a horrible movie for me? I do. I'm glad you mentioned it. because Excellent. Boy, is it a good one. Well, it's a really horrible one. It's right next to my big list of Leon Hunt hacks. Yes. <laughs> All right. Horrible movie. I bet Mark's seen it. Okay. This movie is terrible. Ha. I bet Mark's seen it. 
This is a 1995 movie. Okay. And uh, Cyril Neary, who plays Warwick Sawandi, is in it. Okay. Okay. He's Zach's dad in this mm-hmm. episode. I'll tell you the tagline first. Okay. A tale of kidnapping, computer fraud, and Morris Miners. Okay. A young American computer hackeress. <laughs> hackeress. Hackeress. Female hacker. Hackeress is hired by a liberal British lawyer to right the wrong done to a third world country by a London investment company. Even the expertise of her building inspector sidekick cannot prevent a surprising develop. Do you know this movie or do you need more clues? Who plays the guy, the Uh, British guy? Alfred Molina. (laughs) Does that help you? I think I've seen this movie. I don't know the name of it. It stars Helen Slater. And there's a cameo. Famous, famous for being Supergirl. Yes. And there's a cameo by Stephen Fry. No. What is this movie? I'll give you the best IMDb review first. <laughs> okay, the best IMDb. The basic plot is Supergirl teams up with Doc Ock to steal money from a hedge fund run by Oscar Wilde. It's a very British movie, which isn't that funny, but okay for a wet afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> So Helen Slater plays Supergirl. Yeah. Alfred Molina plays Dr. Octopus. Yeah. And Stephen Fry played Oscar Wilde. So, yeah. It's called The Steel. That's the name of the movie. 1995, The Steel. It's got four stars on IMDb. Four Four out of 10. Oh, that's one for me. Ding, ding. He's so fantastic. Oh, he's a great actor. Yeah. Yeah. Not a good Stephen Fry is great. She's a hackeress. Hackeress. That's one for me. Yes. One point for me. That's yeah. the only one I've got for you this week. Okay. All right. So what's our next episode? Our next episode. The first episode of season 20. The Ghost of Costin Abbey. And who do we get to see in it? Annette Who's our Badlands. new coroner? Annette yes. Badlands, we love Annette. Absolutely fantastic. Both this and Ted Lasso. Yeah. She's fantastic. Well, so many things. She's great. I didn't realize she's in Jabberwocky. Mm-hmm. The very first. I know you've mentioned that before. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> I've been like spending <laughs> my entire life watching Annette Badlands. Yes, you just didn't know it. Yeah. And my gosh, we're coming up on season 20. There's only 22 seasons so far. We're coming up on it. There is. There we're is. creeping up on the end of Midsummer. And then the and new categories begin. Yeah. We're going to have to diversify. The new adventure begins and it could either be a whole new audience along with this audience or else we're going to- Everybody abandons us. Fail <laughs> off into obscurity. But that's not for two more seasons. Yes. We still have lots of months to go. All right. So next week is season 20, episode one. Yes. And that will be episode 117. In the meantime, mm-hmm. print out your Bernie the Badger picture. Yes. Take a picture of him. Let us know where you are. We can put you on the big map and you might win a prize. Find a Midsummer Maniacs on Twitter, Instagram, and email. Also on the Facebook groups for Midsummer and Acorn and, and the, the subreddit. subreddit. If we're, you're listening to us on YouTube or really if you ever use, use YouTube, go to us and like and subscribe and hit the bell. We are so close to getting a thousand subscribers. If we get it, we can have like watch parties we and stuff. We can have watch It'll parties and all sorts of things. Just get us over that hump. It would be really appreciative. That's it. So, all right. So until next week, bye, Maniacs. Bye, Maniacs.